Good morning. This is Jim Colburn of Commodity Research Group. I'm with Andy LeBeau, also of Commodity Research Group, and we're here to talk about energy markets. Check out our website, commodityresearchgroup.com, where we post our blog and our podcasts. It's under uh, reconstruction right now, so you can still get on it, but it'll be ready in just a couple of days. We'd like to thank our uh, friends at EKT Interactive Oil and, Oil and Gas Training for hosting this podcast. You can check out their podcasts and learning modules at ektinteractive.com. This podcast should be construed as market commentary, merely observing economic, political, and market conditions, and is not intended to refer or endorse any particular trading system, strategy, or recommendation. We are not responsible for trading decisions taken by anyone, especially those not intended to listen. Information is not guaranteed to be accurate. This is not an offer to buy or sell any derivative. Today is December 12th. Good morning, Andy LeBeau. Good morning, Jim Colbert. Uh, we had another momentous uh, OPEC meeting last week, and uh, let's, let's get right into this. I mean, we, we saw the 1.2 cut from OPEC, non-OPEC. I want to get your take on maybe uh, what happened, but more along the lines of what, what do you see as the, I mean, the market reaction to this? Okay, well, first of all, uh, what happened, I think that OPEC realized that they had to give the market some, some type of an agreement. Uh, they couldn't walk out of, they couldn't walk away with, with, uh, with no agreement, I think, given what, what's happened in the market during October and, and November it was pretty clear that they had to come up with, uh, you know, some, some cogent agreement. I think they did. Uh, you know, the headline news was, uh, the headline was that OPEC was going to cut 800,000 and non-OPEC was going to cut 400,000. And, um, you know, as, as we'll, as I'll talk about, those are just the headline numbers. I think in reality, the cuts are going to be deeper than that. But, you know, overall, I, I think they did, uh, given uh, all the, the cross currents in OPEC vis-a-vis uh, -vis the uh, Iranians, Iraqis, the Saudis, uh, and the Russians, I, I think that they came up with a pretty good agreement, Jim. But the uh, market is not flying up. It's kind of chopped. I mean, it's, I guess it's a, it's a victory. It stopped going down. Right. It stopped going down. Well, that's a start. Yes. So what's, what's the market saying from the, what do you think is going on? Well, let's, let, let's talk about, you know, what, what happened and really, really what happened, you know, for, for all the talk about um, uh, demand being crushed, which so far it hasn't been, but it, it's really been a, a, you know, it's been a supply situation. We saw Saudi alone from, from June to November go up a million barrels a day. We saw the U.S. from June to November go up a million barrels a day. We saw the Russians go up uh, half a million, you know, roughly half a million barrels a day. So, you know, we've seen a, a tremendous onslaught of, uh, of supply. And while demand, I think, has been, demands are pretty good, Jim. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it just hasn't, it hasn't been enough to absorb all that, to absorb the, uh, the added supply. Um, and as a result, in, in the third quarter and into the fourth quarter, we've seen a real imbalance on uh, a, a real surplus in the market. And in third quarter, uh, we probably grew inventories, 
you know, somewhere like 300,000 to half a million barrels a day. And then in the fourth quarter, owing to the Saudis' big boost in, in November, we probably are going to build something like 700,000 barrels a day. So, so all of a sudden, you know, there's a lot of inventory on the market. Yeah, and, and for a year, we were talking about how tight it was going to be in the fourth quarter. And it, and it, it was just the opposite, you know, which opposite. happens. Yeah, it happens so often. You know, we were saying, well, this is, Jim, I think you said it every monthly. You know, this, this everyone's, you know, this is, this is the most well forecast fourth quarter draw, right? You know, ever. Right. Uh, yes. That so often happens, you know, yes. when everyone is looking at the same thing, you know, we're all, we're all wrong. Hey, I was looking for a draw too, but, you know, I never, again, I, I didn't expect the Saudis would be up at 11 1 in, the, in November. And part of that is political uh, to make, to make room for what we thought was going to be a, uh, you know, a, an Iranian shortfall uh, with, the, with the waivers coming in, uh, in November. And of course, those waivers, uh, not the waivers, the sanctions starting in, in November. And of course, there were waivers given to the uh, sanctions. So the Saudis way overdid it, way overdid yeah. it. Uh, you know, Andy, I'm looking at the uh, OPEC production from today's um, uh, OPEC report, and they show, mm-hmm. they show Iran uh, for November down to uh, two two point nine five four, down three eighty, and right. this 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 is based on the secondary sources. Yep, and Saudis at eleven point zero, up three seventy seven. So they're kind of you know a mirror mirror image of each other. But we were looking for more draws. I mean, a bigger decline in Iran's production. Is that right? I think we were looking for bigger some bigger declines. Iran is already down eight hundred thousand, and they're going to lose. You know, even with the waivers. You know, the, they'll lose another, it could be as much as half a million barrels a day because the waivers only allow for, I think it's about 1.2 or 1.3 million barrels a day of, of Iranian sales versus the 2.6 pre, pre-sanctions. So, you know, Iran still has room to go down, actually. Um, and I think in, in first quarter, uh, they are going to go down, you know, go down some. Go down another hundred or two hundred thousand. Just a little uh, sidetrack. As I'm looking at this table, I see Venezuela is down fifty-two thousand, down to one point one three seven. That's uh, that's just uh, incredible. It keeps it keeps going down. Jim, there's nothing that is indicating that it's not going to go down. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's nothing. I it's, mean, it, it's down it's a million massive. barrels a day from 2016. Right. Right, and they're they're probably due to go down another, you know, thirty to fifty a day every month. You know, so by the end of that, by the end of the year, you know, they could be at half a million barrels a day production by the end of twenty nineteen. So and that's part of the story, right? right? That's part of the story. You're gonna get de facto cuts from uh, Venezuela and also from uh, Iran in twenty nineteen. You know, we know that. That they're going to reopen the um, the waiver situation in in April or May. So um, you know we are we're going to get cuts from those two producers. We're also going to get cuts, modest cuts from uh, the UAE and Kuwait, Iraq. I don't think they're going to cut very much. That that you know, at best fifty to hundred. And the Saudis said at the OPEC meeting, 
you know, at, at the press conference that the, the for January, they were at 10.2. So they're, they went down 900,000 from November. You're right. And for, about 400 from October. So that's, that's right. Yeah. Like I mean, I the, the, those are actual cuts. Yeah. And um, so uh, our numbers or uh, you know, I have OPEC producing uh, 31.8 in the first quarter average for the first quarter down from 33.0 in, in November. And that's probably going to be around the fourth quarter average. So, you know, they're saying 800, but, you know, you throw in Iran and Venezuela and what Saudi's already done and some, some modest cuts from some of the other producers. It's more. It's going to be like 1.2. Wow. And now Libya is having, you know, there's a force majeure in Libya that's going to affect 400,000 a day. We don't know how long that's going to last, but, you know, you throw in that and, you know, you've got some really significant OPEC production cuts plus non-OPEC. As you like know, in we, Canada, yeah. Right, Canada, 350 a day. And uh, Russia is, you know, they said two, 230, I think the number was, 280. Um, you know, it's not going to be right away, but by the second quarter, they'll, they'll have made some cuts. So you're, you're saying this is enough to mop up the uh, sort of the, the builds that we have going forward? Or is it- well, that, that's the... That's where um, you know when you do when you do the barrel counting, which Jim, as you know, we <laughs> I love to do. Right. But it, it looks as though first quarter is going to be, you know, a surplus to a deficit. Either way, is it enough to going to to mop up uh, the the near term surplus? Well, maybe not not completely mop it up, but it, it you know it, it it'll definitely help. And of course, if we get any type of uh, winter, you know, any type of wind, cold, cold weather demand, you know, it, it will help. And, and you throw in, if Libya is down 400 a day, you mm. know, in the first quarter, yes, uh, it'll, it, it is going to, you know, it will be mopped up. Interesting. So um, going back to the recent price decline, what, what you just said is it's, it's not just technical selling and it's not out of the money options that were given up for dead coming back to life and market makers hedging them. It was real fundamental stuff that brought us down. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think certainly the, um, you know, certainly the, the long liquidation contributed. Uh, was it causal? No, right. it, wasn't, right. it wasn't causal, and you know. Right. Uh, and I think Jim, we've been talking about this what? Our whole careers, you know, <laughs> when they say, "Oh, well, you know, it's the speculators are good on the upside, right? Right, or, uh, right, right, right. Uh, or not good on the upside, yeah, right? Yeah. They're blamed. They blame. The, they're blamed. Yes, upside, right? For driving it higher for driving it higher, right? You know, people like maybe blame it, blame them too now for for driving it lower. But there has been, I mean, there was a remarkable liquidation of uh, the speculative position. For sure. And, I, and it's, uh, I don't want to, I mean, it does, it's, it's hard to determine exactly the, the, um, uh, how much the effect of, you know, you, there are a lot of deep out of the money options that, especially where the volume was on the put side and the market blew through them. So, you know, if you're sitting there along those, you don't have to do anything. You don't panic. You're saying, oh, this is nice. And you sit back and you watch your option come back to life. 
And the people that are short those have to either get out or they sell aggressively futures in front of the, you know, in front of the strike going into money. So, you know, people say, well, that drives it lower and it does, but at some point it, it the other side gets out. So it's, it, right. you know, it balances out. So if you, if you believe that's what happened, and I think it, some of that drove it down. Then once those options go off the board or once, you know, at, at some point, the, the, the people who are wrong to put sell out, and that should drive it the other way. We never got that, we never got that snapback after December options were off the board. So, you know, you, you say there was something else going on in here, and I think you just laid out that a lot of oil was uh, thrown into the market. Right. And, uh, you know, the other thing, there was pre-buying, right? Oh, and right. I think Alphalee yes. mentioned that in the yes. press conference. And incidentally, if, if anybody, well, one thing that I think will be very instructive for anyone who follows these markets is to watch the OPEC, the, the post-OPEC press conference with uh, Alphalee and, and Alexander Novak, the Russian oil minister. I mean, they give you a lot of information. They yeah, gave a lot of great. information in that. It was great, right? Yeah, I really enjoyed listening to that. I yeah, so to all those years. <laughs> it was yeah. real. You know, they just told you. You know, there was, right. they, they just gave it, you know, there was a lot of black and white to uh, what Alphalee was saying and also, and also what Novak was saying. Uh, one, one going, just talking about this log liquidation, I do have a great stat, Jim. Yes. Uh, on October 2nd, the net length of, spec, of the money managers, if you added WTI and Brent together, right. was 800,000 contracts. Wow. All right. On mm-hmm. December 4th, it was down to 265,000 contracts. That's amazing. It's amazing. We had over 500,000, you know, net length. Was um, it was liquidated. It take, I know. Was it, I mean, it shows you the, like an inherent bias there. I mean, maybe it's these long-only strategies, but what does it take to turn it around? To, get, I mean, to go still, short? Yeah, to turn it to short. Yeah. But, um, it doesn't usually go short because of that bias. <laughs> right. There's, a, there's, there's a, you know, if, if you have a commodity, uh, um, like a long-only strategy in, in commodities, it's a small part of your portfolio. And as these prices go down, it's an even smaller part of your portfolio. So if you're trying to stay balanced, you actually are a buyer of commodities on the way down. If, if your, you know, committee or your meetings or your strategy is, you know, let's say you're staying five percent in commodities, and now all of a sudden you're four or three percent, then you're then you're a buyer. Now that's oftentimes it happens that the you know the, the institution will say, well, we want to get out of commodities. Well, then then they're liquidating a position. But normally, when you know you decide five percent, you keep it at five percent. So so there's always that you know you can see why there might be always a long uh, position in the marketplace. There's always some uh, somebody trying to put it into their portfolio as a small part and it, and it, not like futures traders who are who are buying under um you know leverage conditions and at some point you have to just kick out of the position it's a little different i don't know if you want to mention uh it's it's more natural gas related but the um optionsellers.com story that came out where this uh company that based on their name they were selling options and and uh, the natural gas move uh, um, blew them out of the water, and it was just uh, you know I don't know how I don't know how that happens, Andy. After all these years, and you know th- th- we know these commodity markets make these kind of moves. They they make oil's going down and natural gas is going up in a in a sharp way. And and uh, 
I don't know. You, you can make money selling options for, for a while, but then you have to, uh, you, you end up paying a piper. Yeah, it's tr it's true. It's really a, a uh, unbelievable story that unfortunately it's believable because we've seen it again and again. Yeah, uh, we see it. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's disturbing. It's disturbing, and, and I feel like uh, I haven't done enough work educating. You know, getting out there and but I, you just it just doesn't uh, in a long run. That's just a strategy that doesn't work. You know, Jim, you you pointed out that there was a hedge fund, um, one of the best performing hedge funds this year. And right. what, what was their strategy? Yeah, they were buying options. Yeah. They were buying yeah. options. Well, they've, they've been doing it for like 10 years, I think. Right. So yeah, right. they had longevity. And, and they were able to capture. And I, th I know that's something that you, you said again and again, you know, that you, you way prefer buying options. Than, yeah, it's, uh, it's, than a, it's a – that's my bias. I'm not saying it's, you, you never sell options, but I'm just no, saying, no, of course know, not. As, as a blind yeah. strategy, you know, as a long only strategy, as a short option strategy, that kind of thing where you do it all the time. So November 23rd, we reached a high in volatility of 58.3. That's a pretty high number. Um, that was higher than the OPEC meeting we had in November two years ago, end of November two years ago. Uh, but it wasn't as high as the uh, price low we made in February of 2016. Um, that got up to close to 80, I believe. I'll still check the uh, chart. Yeah, I think that, I think that's right. Yeah. So this is a you know it's a tendency of oil uh, when prices are going down, vols blow out, and uh, contrarily, natural gas November 19th uh, reached a vol of 118.9. So that's that's like a Gulf War One type for oil type volatility. I mean that's pretty that's pretty massive. And I, again, that's somebody at least at least one company blew out of a position. So maybe that's what was you had a huge price move plus you know people scrambling out of positions helps uh, drive that thing up there. And um, currently we're at thirty nine four for that's uh, as as of yesterday's settlement for crude oil and eighty nine point five for natural gas. And um, that's where we are. Jim, how did you just do that? You know, while you were talking about volatility spiking, there was a siren going off in your, uh, in your neighborhood. Yeah, there's that, was, uh, that, was very, that was very well done because I thought, all right, yeah, that's right. When vols are, when vols are spiking to 118, you know, that's a massive siren going off. I know. Andy, as you know, we do this, uh, I do this from my home and uh, – I've tried all different kinds of hours, and we have leaf blowers and all kinds of. <laughs> I try to keep the sound down, but uh, but it was it was so well timed. Yes, it was like perfectly timed that that truck went by. Well, you know, I I, I posted something in in my LinkedIn page about the, and and on the blog about the uh, natural gas vol, and I just I just learned. You know, I used to work at the exchange in 1986 when I uh, rolled out the uh, the new crude oil option. And my job was to teach everybody, uh, you know, floor people that weren't trading options, banks, brokers, and of course, oil companies, you know, the fundamentals of, of options. And I learned so much. I mean, I, I felt it anyway, but I learned so much from the market makers on the floor, you know, all the Chicago uh, trading companies about risk. And, and you know, you just, you just never lay so much uh, of your position in a short vol situation, it's you, you just too exposed. 
In fact, there was a there, there was a, a a guy on the floor his first day trading. He was staying within his uh, delta uh, parameters in terms of being close to zero, but he got gamma exposed, and they fired him after after the first day because they trained him to stay with. Anyway, I won't. Get it. We'll have to take a little more sure. time. Well, yeah, um, but. Yeah, why, why don't you explain briefly to those who, who may not know anything you know, or not savvy in options, what does that mean, gamma exposed? What, it, what happens is that I was talking about these options that go in the money that were out of the money. When, when you get close to expiration, they're given up for dead, they start to disappear. So their risk parameters, the delta is how much is that option premium going to move when the futures moves? And the gamma is how much is that delta going to move when the futures move? So so, for example, you have a, uh, a $55 put and the market's at 60 and you're expiring today, that thing, the delta's close to zero, the gamma's close to zero. But as the market trades down from 55 to 50, now that put's about to go into money and have like an afterlife as a futures contract. Well, the futures contract has a delta of one. And if the, if the option expires worthless, it has a delta of zero. So once you start crossing over that strike, Going back and forth, you're flipping from zero to one and back to zero. And that, that's when your gamma is maximum, right? So, you're, so your change in delta is happening so fast. So that's, that's kind of what they call a gamma rush. As, the gamma rush, right. As prices collapse and these options go in the money, the person has long as I, who bought the option, as I said, doesn't have to really do anything because it's going in their favor. But the person who's short has to cover the position either by selling futures, which is not a perfect cover, or by buying the puts back. So that's it adds to the decline. And and then if the market starts going up, they have to do the opposite and it adds it basically adds to the volatility. That assumes nobody's, you know, people the people on the other side are just sitting there watching this thing. So Jim, you think we saw some gamma rush during uh, October and November in the uh, in the petroleum markets? I do. I, I think we did. We did, but it, but it adds. You know, you you have to have um, sort of a, a stimulus. I mean, I think it's it's more like the the dog. I mean, the, the tail wagging the dog. I think the dog is. You know, the fundamentals have to kind of support this, in, to get it down to those levels, and then it and, you know kind of catches fire. But um, yeah, but it. It, it adds to the craziness and right, and that's I think we we saw some you know that, that as we said that's not causal, but it just added in there along with the the long liquidation. Right. So uh, so yeah. So November thirteenth, we had a record amount of volume options volume was like six hundred almost seven hundred thousand, and it was uh, about four hundred fifty one one thousand puts, two hundred fifty one thousand calls. So it kind of and that in December was going off the board like the next day. So you so it was a lot of a lot of that going on, but again, if you're not if you're not into someone's, you know, there's there's so many different people trading this market now, Andy. Everyone has a different is coming to it from a different angle and doing different things, but and so they're not always, you know, you say, well, these the market makers are doing this. Well, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Right. Right. Think, could, yeah, yeah. Maybe one of them is, or two of them are. You know. But anyway, let's go back. Uh, I want to talk about. Um, I don't know. Should I call it a tale of two products? Can we talk about that? <laughs> yeah, we certainly can. That's... You've been talking about this for a long time. I don't, right. I don't want to go back and find out exactly when, but how, how bad 
the, the gasoline market is relative to, to um, the diesel market. Where do you, where do you want to start? You want to start with well, I, I think that there, there could be some changes afoot uh, in that uh, we didn't see it this week in the in the EIAs, but last month the, the heat to gas, uh, the diesel to gasoline spread got out to sixty cents in the in November. Where I think was the high diesel over over gasoline. I think it averaged forty five cents if I'm not if not mistaken, uh, which is a huge. I mean that's a huge number. So certainly, you know, if you look at the cracks, they, they obviously favored the the middle distal cracks, which they have for a good part of the year. Going forward here over the next few months, you would think, and this is seasonal, uh, you would think that refiners are going to try to maximize their yields of uh, diesels to the best of, of diesel to the best of their ability. And um, at, at the same time, try to shave shave gasoline yields. It's easy for, for me to say it's a little harder to actually operational, operationally do it, you know, de- depending on, um, you know, depending on how you could tweak your refinery and, and tweak the, uh, tweak the crude run, you know, r- running certain yields through your, through your plant. But, you know, m- maybe uh, that is going to, to help to, to balance the uh, gasoline to, to diesel. However, Looking forward in the, in the short term, the 2019 and into 2020, and Jim, well, we've talked about this already, but there's a big change on the uh, specs for bunker fuel. The IMO 2020 is, is what it's called, and we'll talk about that more. So I, I think that it should help to boost overall global demand for diesel and um, you know, overall gasoline demand. It, it doesn't look as if it's uh, growing. It's certainly not in the uh, in the U.S. But diesel demand could could grow next year. But of course, uh, everybody knows this is coming, and um, you know, re- refiners certainly know this is coming and, and aren't preparing uh, for for the change in spec, which is effective in January of uh, of 2020. But I think you know, and of course. Everyone's saying how well diesel's going to really be strong versus gasoline in uh, in, ni- in 2019. You know that's that's a lock. And Jim, you know when right. they say it, when they say it's yeah, a lock, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> you really yes. have, you got to you start lighten up, reassess, right? Let's take a look, yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. You really you really have to uh, you have to reassess. The other thing that should help gasoline, obviously, is the pump prices have come way off. And um, for the first time last week, I think they were, uh, I think it was the first time this, this year they were below last year's level. So, so that should help boost demand a little. But um, demand's, demand's been running, what, a little bit below last year? A little above. I mean, plus or minus. It's, it's a, and the DOE is looking for it to be unchanged last year. Diesel's been up 200,000 barrels a day versus last year. And, you know, I think the DOE, the EIA is looking for it to grow like a hundred next year in the, in the, uh, in the U S. So, um, just a quick note. We, we will probably or hope to have, uh, some guests, uh, in the following in 2019 on our uh, podcast. And, um, I think Andy, we should try to dig up a, um, a refinery person, like an, either an economist or a trader that understands the, uh, refinery economics. We can dig into this, uh, you know what's what's going to happen with the uh, diesel market going forward, and are are the uh, 
refiners prepared for it. I, th- I think they are. But um. yeah, I think coming up next next year we're going to have a uh, we are we are scheduled to have a refinery uh, refinery trader manager. You know, a uh, hall of famer. Yeah. Uh, definite uh, only uh, yes. yeah total hall yeah. of famer to, yes. to discuss uh downstream and we're also going to have a uh, hall of famer from uh canada talk about what's going on in in the uh, canadian market so we'll, we'll we'll look to do that in uh january or uh or february excellent so um, Terrific. That's great. We, we, we'll uh, try to continue to do that. We need to get someone from uh, natural gas markets as well. So, but, but stay, stay tuned and you know, you'll see, uh, see, we'll, we'll uh, uh, unveil that as it happens. Um, I just let's, I want to get back to um, finish up with uh, price forecast. Um, you know, we, the markets come out of this OPEC meeting is pretty much, you know, it looks like it's just chopping sideways, which is, I guess, mentioned before a, a, a uh, victory but um, what do you what do you think going forward do you think this market's going to continue to go down or well certainly yeah could it make a new low perhaps you know i wouldn't it wouldn't shock me given what's gone on in uh some of these other markets when there's like one of these huge risk off moves you know out of nowhere not out of nowhere i mean there's a lot of risk building all around the globe uh however I think the fundamentals are, are uh, much improved. I, I like the market. I, I think that some point in January, February, particularly if there's a, um, you know, if we if we get a cold winter, you know, if some of these, uh, if we get a cold, if we get a cold winter, uh, and certainly if Libya, if if that's still if that's a longer term problem, you know, I, I think. WTI is a chance to get up into the, you know, I think we could see 60 again mm-hmm. uh, sometime in uh, in January or February. If it's a mild winter, you know, maybe we may be, uh, you know, maybe we'll see mid 50s to, you know, 56, 58. So I, I, I like the market. I, I think it's, I think what OPEC did, uh, particularly what the Saudis did has been um, undervalued by the, by the market. That's um, what I was trying to get at. Yes. And, okay. Great. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people are just saying, oh, well, it's 0. 0.8. Well, it's, you know, they're cut. Oh, it was only 0. 0.8. It's not enough. Blah, blah, blah. Right. In my opinion, it is enough, you know, cause it's more than 0. 0.8 and you, and you've got to look, you know, you got to actually, you got to look at what, what OPEC production really is, you know, and, and you know, where they, where they end up. Uh, in uh, in first quarter, and again, as we've talked about on these on these podcasts, you know the, the demand, the, the hand wringing on demand, while real, you know, so far the EIA and OPEC in their December reports have really not marked demand down for next year, Jim. Yeah, I noticed that. I was thinking, what we're expected to see some of that, and there is nothing. Yeah, and later this week, uh, the IEA comes out. They they may they may lower it a little bit, but. You know what are we talking about? A hundred a day. You know we just lost four hundred a day out of Libya. Right. So, um, Very good. Okay. Um, anything else you want to uh, mention, Andy? Or just uh, there is something I want to mention that we uh, a lot of the, the a lot of what we're talking about uh, is available in our monthly report. And if you want a free copy, please feel free to reach out to to us. You can get me at a labo. A L E B O W at commodityresearchgroup.com or um, 
Jim Colburn is J Colburn, C-O-L-B-U-R-N at commodityresearchgroup.com. If you have some, any options questions in, in particular, I, th I think Jim gave a great discussion um, on Gamma today. And, you know, he, he has, Jim's written a book and is, is one of the foremost uh, experts on, uh, on energy options. Our website, as Jim mentioned, is under construction. But, Jim, I think it should be built by when? Coming up. Any day. day. Any, any day, day now. now. Yeah. But I think, I think you can still take a look at it. I think there's still stuff to see there. Yeah. So, commodityresearchgroup.com. All right? All right. See you next month, Andy. Okay, great.